Hi, I'm Namita Ramani, founder of Above Digital, and you're listening to Successful Marketing, a small business podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help other entrepreneurs and business owners learn from successful businesses on what to do to keep their dream ventures alive. According to a study done by Shikhar Ghosh of Harvard Business School, 75% of the venture-backed businesses fail. Articles referenced in Entrepreneur Magazine or Forbes.com or Tech.com state that 6 to 8 out of 10 businesses fail within the first 18 months. This is a staggering number. I still remember my days of being a startup and a solopreneur wearing almost every single hat possible and trying to keep the business living as, as, as well as paying my own living expenses. It was hard. I have always been a self-learner, self-taught, believed in having mentors and listening to different podcasts and books uh, to help keep my business going. Every time people shared their experiences, positive or negative, I would take that learning and try to apply that to my business. And that has helped me a lot to keep the business going. It's been 15 years and Above Digital is a successful and a still growing company. This is the reason I wanted to bring this podcast to Dubai, here where I live, my home, and there are equally amazing successful stories of other entrepreneurs that I would like to share with you all. Welcome to the show, and today I have a very, very, very special guest, Saad Umerani. Saad is a co-founder and CEO of Protein Bake Shop, a Dubai-based healthy snacks company, which he, uh, which they founded in 2014. He's a founding partner at Enabling Future, a Dubai-based venture capital company that makes seed and early-stage investments in companies in the U.S. and the MENA region. Some of their notable investments include Cowler, Thrive Market, Aspiration. Alim Health and Protein Bake Shop. He's a former technology and social entrepreneur and he founded two fintech software programs which add efficiency to banks lending and KYC processes in the Middle East. The software is currently used by 40 banks in the region and is owned by his family business ValueStrat. Saad, thank you so much for accepting my invite and coming for the show. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. And I can't wait to hear your story by the way and for our audience also to hear. So with the bachelor's degree that you got in, uh, in engineering from Canada, why did you choose to come back? Why didn't you stay back there and start something there like most of the other people do? Actually, that's what the plan was. My family was encouraging me to stay there. If I stayed there a few more years, I would have actually gotten the passport. Yeah. And that's what the plan was. But I, to be honest, I couldn't do my own laundry. It's very hard. Like my clothes shrink and... Like, you know, you're not Seriously? used to it. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm really hire serious. people. Not being a, being a Dubai kid grown up here, Spoiled, yeah. The opportunity, spoiled the opportunity cost is is too high. Yeah. Right. I mean, that hour spent there can be spent doing something better. I didn't. I mean, I I didn't see much opportunity in Canada. To be honest, it's a, It's not a city where a lot is happening. It's not a city, or a country. I'd say where there is a lot of. It's where people are really calm and relaxed. You were very close to the U.S. There's a lot of hap- lot of things happening, happening there. There's a lot happening there, but I I I didn't know anything there. I didn't study there. In, I didn't have any inroads there. My family was back here. And I didn't want to do engineering after I finished. Because, you know, engineering, you get into something very specific. Like, you're a specialist in civil. And yeah. also within civil, you're in residential. And also in residential, not low-rise or high-rise. Yeah. And urban. Or not. Like, you're very specialist. 
And I really didn't know what I wanted to do engineering. I did it because it opens your mind up to many, many, many things. That was your choice or not no, your family my, choice? No, I mean, it's, I had only three choices. You do law or you do, you become a doctor or you become an engineer. That's it, all Indian, all in Pakistan, all yeah. Pakistani families, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, become a, you become a lawyer, it's good social status. You become yeah. a doctor, you get good marriage proposals. You become an engineer, you get good jobs. And that's the only thing that matters, right? Uh, so it was between the three and I took engineering. Okay. If not engineering, what would you have done? Actually, I always, I always liked law. But the reason I couldn't do law, I think, was because I never liked reading. <laughs> There's a lot of studying and memorizing. Of yeah. I was always good at deriving. I was always good at math. And so engineering worked for me. And it was the best decision I made because it really opened my mind up to a lot of different things. So I'm glad I did that. And then I came back here because I didn't see... I mean, everybody there would just like you know, get into like these jobs and stuff. And I realized my family also has a business here. Yeah. My dad has already gone from A to B. Why should I also spend 15 years going from A to B when I can just go from B, B to, to C? E. Yeah, B to E, B to D. I already have a platform. I should be using that in some way. So what does your family do? What is the family business? My, my family is primarily into consulting and technology business. Uh, we are like the back end of all the banks. Uh, there's a company my family has called Value Strat. Value Strat is management consulting. So everything, for example, there's the big consulting guys, right? McKinsey and Bain, and their prices are like million dollars plus. Yeah. And then you have the PwC, Deloitte and stuff. Their projects are probably like six hundred, five hundred thousand dollars plus, if not more, right? Then who does everything below five hundred thousand dollars? Because there's a lot of consult families, a lot of smaller businesses, a lot of middle-sized businesses that need consulting, but not don't want to pay a million dollars, right? Yeah. So Value Strat was a mid-market covers that whole gap in the mid-market. Yeah. Uh, and then they, then we also do valuation work. So if you're buying a car or a house, the bank wants to know what's the value of this property. So if you default, they want to sell it. They want to know what's Isn't the price. Isn't that the software that you made? That's the software I made, that, but that was a service line. So the, the software helped do that better. But that already existed. We've been doing it for 40 years now. Okay. Um, and it had a research arm and had an asset divestment arm where we helped companies sell assets. So if you were a company, the bank finance, you defaulted, you want to sell the asset, we help them sell it. Or you're getting new machinery, you want to sell your old machinery, we help you sell it. So you were born in a venture capitalist company. It's not a venture capitalist, it's my family. Entrepreneurs, yeah. entrepreneurs from my grandfather to my father. Uh, and then we have two other businesses, one is in Pakistan and one is also here. But the primary one is the consulting business. So your father is also very highly educated? Is he also an engineer or something? My father was studying computer science in George Washington. How cool is that? In Go, that generation, in to study yeah. and invest in education is like a... And then, and then what happened is that uh, my grandfather passed away. So my dad had a very young age, had to leave in his last year and come back to Pakistan to support the family. His younger brother was studying also in George Washington. And so he didn't even finish. You know, and he had to come back and then start everything from scratch again at that age, 20, 21 years old. I mean, it's very tough. Yeah. At least I had support of my father who's behind me. I knew I can't fall. There's always a safety net there. Yeah. And so I jumped from a building, but I knew I wouldn't fall. Yeah. But he knew that he could fall. Yeah. So, so I think that's a real entrepreneur, you know. I, I still, I don't, I mean, I, I probably am an entrepreneur, but I but still have... Sort of comes from the family, it's still safe in a way, you know. Yeah. You don't, you don't put everything on the line. We have, we are born in a business family. Yeah. So same thing with my dad, he's a businessman. And I think this value, uh, what do you call this, sorry, um, this, this net, like knowing that if I fall, there's always back home. Mm. It kind of helps in taking bigger risk. Absolutely, 100%. That's what I did. That's exactly what I did. So, so I had a platform, but I'm, I'm quite happy to say I used that to its maximum potential. 
and how did you get into um, so the venture capital the company that you have mm. which is uh, enabling future that is your company yes so I you started that company, I started that company yeah. actually the, what would happen was that when i was working with the family i i stumbled upon a software that helped bring efficiencies into what we were already doing so we weren't it wasn't something new that we were doing it was just exactly what we were doing but just added efficiencies that made us better than the rest yeah. so how do you differentiate in a business is when you can provide some value proposition price advantage time advantage and the software will allow you to do that so that differentiated us yeah. from everybody else um but you know being in a family it's always tough because you never get to touch the money right i mean you're always the kid yeah. and and you're always like you ask for money to reach i mean not, you don't ask for money to you know fly business class you say can i have money i want to experiment i want to buy this i want to do you're young you want to try new things but this money is always hard to reach because your family controls it and this everything is yours they say but I, but it's not actually yours <laughs> i mean at the end of the day when you're 50 it's yours but you want it now correct so i decided what i really enjoyed was building things mm-hmm. and so venture was the right place for me because by building technology slowly i got into the space i started meeting new people who were doing new things and so gradually went there and i said i want to do venture and invest in startup where do you start meeting these people who are doing new things because back in the days the startup business was not very big at that time in this market at least yeah. it's now that it's picking up yeah that was the what you call the the initial days early days where there's a couple of people just couple of people you, a few, you can count yeah, them, you can count them yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was a small it was a very small how did you come small, across that the same people. way the same way you're an entrepreneur and you come across me right it's just it just happens like when you start doing things you start meeting people in that space organically it's not like a way that oh you go online you go to xyz.com and you apply it's not you just start meeting a lot of people in this space because you start getting into it yourself right whether it's through events or whether it's through introductions or whether it's through random because you hang out at the same spots or yeah. or whatever is happening uh you start meeting these people it's quite organic i i couldn't say how i met them to be honest it was not people just meet just either yeah just yeah. connections and yeah. being at the right place at the right time and then time. you start investing and then people hear oh there's very few people who invest in these guys are one of them let's meet so we met a lot of people at the very early days yeah. yeah so that was actually my next question on investing so how do you choose to invest in a business what is a prep, like you look for that this is the business i want to invest so when in when i first started investing I used to look for product, right? And I think that was the biggest mistake. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the biggest. Then you should mistake. look for. You should look for people, because I think now on the hindsight, I think that bad people can't sell a good product, but good people can sell a bad product, right? And I come to think of this, and I and I think about a lot of things around us, right? And they're very simple, basic. basic things right like i mean think about like laundry box you know mm. it's a laundry company yeah and what's so special about it Not really nothing like okay they put an app you know an app you can make it in uh, 10000 dirhams in india what is it it's a booking app right you know what i'm saying like it's an example it's it's a very very basic business but the guys running it have such a great vision and passion that we want to be the only laundry company that's going to be in dubai and they have the ability and the drive to achieve that if you look at protein bake shop we make protein balls essentially you can make them in your kitchen right yeah. i mean there it's nothing like oh my god it's coming from mars that we're it's couple of ingredients that's at the back of the box we mix those ingredients and we make a protein ball so it's not like i'm winning because i have the best protein ball that nobody else can make it's because rashi is fantastic i'm i love my product i'm very hard working she's awesome and the two of us with our investors of course and with our team 
Our sales guys are fantastic. My sister works for me. You know, I have a guy who's with Munchbox, his name is Aman. My investors, they boost your morale, they're with you. And this team is something that's, that has an energy about it that attracts people, that people want to work with, that people want to associate with. It's not that protein ball, right? I mean, you remember from the back days, we had this brown bag. Yeah. It was a brown paper bag. And now the boxes are like, oh my God, these boxes are fantastic, yeah, right? But it, it, people invested at that time. People invested in that brown bag. But what were they looking at, right? They were just like, this team is good. These guys, these people, they know what. They, they know that they will go the full mile. And even if they fail, we know that they will go all the way. And that's what people really want to know, you know? Uh, and, and I think that at that time when I started investing, I was investing in products. And later on, I started investing in people. You can have the most basic idea, but if the team is good, they will really, really make it happen. I truly believe so. I truly believe so as well, because it's the team, it's the people that can keep the clients. Like, we believe in the same concept. It's I mean, look at salt burgers, right? I mean, it's a burger. Yeah. Like, what's so special about it? Like, oh, yeah, because people say, now, yeah, this is a burger, this meat. It's a burger, yeah. you know? If I keep, like, 100, you'd probably be confused which one is which. <laughs> but it's just the team behind that salt burgers that has the ability to execute, whether it's the branding or the service levels or the menu choices or the social media, whatever, the, the, everything together. It's all that team that brings it, and they made Salt, a burger company, so big. Now, is that burger like, oh my God, like from another planet and nobody else can? No, it's a burger. Yeah, it's just the concept and the, the people behind it. Absolutely true. So uh, what is one advice uh, you would give to a business who's looking for investment to do? Is to, to, to be really passionate before you look out for investment, maybe, as per our conversation? It's a very tough question, you know. Um, I don't know really how to answer that. It, it depends from business to business. One business might be doing one thing right, but one thing wrong, and then they need to work on that one thing. Uh, There'll always be something wrong. Yeah, exactly. That you so, have to fix. So it kind of depends, right? It kind of depends. A lot of people I've met recently, I'm just advising them that, listen, you got to, for example, uh, not ask for funding, and you'll get funding. Because when you ask too much, right, yeah. people lose yeah, lose value. And when it's something is like, no, I don't want it, be like, no, no, now I want it. <laughs> it's it's just it's just psychology. Making right? things scarce, like the scarcity yeah. principle wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just say, limited time, unavailable, unavailable. Or they stock. don't want it, but I want it because it's so cool. And then they're chasing you, like, so so it's different things that different like positioning, you know, like yeah. like branding, you know, sometimes. But there's, but there's very, very different thing, things that different businesses require when they're looking for funding. One thing I would say is that if you can do it the long, long time without funding, then do it without funding. Better to do your own investment. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, there's a big um, wave of startups and incubators in, in Dubai, at least. There's in five. Uh, there's a Sharjah Entrepreneurship Center where they are incubating these businesses, creating these platforms for startups to come and launch their apps and stuff, giving mentoring. There's a big hype now, and everybody's talking about seed. I'm invest like I remember I went for a networking event the other day, and they're saying, "Oh, I've invested in this golf product, and I've done the first stage seeding." And the way they talk is like they are buying <laughs> fruits and vegetables, yeah. investing in businesses. Oh, I, we buy 10, 15, maybe one will click, maybe one will click. This has become lottery. like people have too much money. It's lottery. Then that, Isn't that, that, uh, that is a lottery. That you're, you're buying into a lottery, right? Yeah. I'll buy 15 tickets, maybe one will take. This is not a lottery business, you know. 
People want to get into it for the wrong reasons. They think overnight they'll become billionaires. It's not going to happen, man. If you're trying to play a lottery game, it's never going to happen. People who are good will keep doing it again and again and again and again because they know what they're doing, you know? I mean, uh, it's... it's you. I mean, again, I don't know why I come back to salt, right? But like salt, success, Parker's. Success. The same team. Yeah, same team. Right? Same team, same, like, little bit of different burger, truffle burger, non-truffle burger, success. Right? Because, because they're focused. They're not saying, oh, let's set up, like, 20 burger companies, and then hopefully two will be a hit. But they just keep going hit after hit after hit. You know? They know what they're doing. Yeah. So, so uh, people who are playing the lottery game, they have the wrong intentions. They're doing it for vanity. Mm. Right? They're, oh, I invested there and I invested there. So ask them the right question. Say, okay, so how much revenue did that company make last month? And oh, you know, this doesn't matter. No, it matters. Tell me. Or, how, or if it's a company that's like for an app, how many users do they have? If you ask them the right questions, they start shaking. Because they did it for the wrong reason. They did it so they can go to a networking company and say, oh, yeah, I invested in that company. I invested in this company and yeah. I did this and that. Was, okay. And what is their turnover for the last month? Nobody wants to answer those questions. What else should we ask? Ask it. I mean, it depends on your business. So if you're a protein-based shop, you should ask, what was their revenue last month? How many points do they sell at? Mm-hmm. Right? And if I say their revenue was uh, 2 million dirhams last month, you know, okay, this is very serious. Mm-hmm. Right? If you say that, oh, I said 2,000 points in Dubai, I said like maybe 700. Mm-hmm. That shows you that this is really serious business. Yeah. If I was a mobile app, I would say, how many users do you have? You know, and they say, ah, we have 100,000 active, active users. users. Yeah. That's, for me, impressive. Well, this is serious business. But nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about that. It's become fashion to invest. It's a fashion right? now. It's a majlis talk. You go, you hang out with your friends. Oh, I invested in this company. How much is it? $5,000, $2,000. What value are you adding to them? What value? Are you? you just want to show off. Is there a particular advice you'll give to businesses who are looking to eventually maybe get funding. First, rightly you said, like try to do yourself, try yeah. to reinvest your earnings back in the business. But if you're still looking for funding, what are the things they should work on to make sure that things are at par before going out and looking for funding? Uh, who, so the first thing is that not all money is the same, right? So if you are a, a food business, Saad's money is more valuable than Amitabh's money. Right, so my thousand dollars is more valuable than your thousand dollars. Clear. If you're a digital business, your thousand dollars is more valuable than my thousand dollars. Correct. Right. Yeah. So first of all, know how we have. Yeah. Not all money is the same. So don't go looking, you know, like scouts knocking doors, giving money. Right. The other thing is, know where you are. I'm at A. Right. Let's say A is a million dirhams. I need to get to ten million dirhams. I know I can. I will get there by hiring five more people, by building this product, by doing this much marketing. And when I add the numbers up, I get 100,000 dirhams. Mm-hmm. So if I had 100,000 dirhams, I can go from 1 million to exactly 10 million by investing the 100,000 into these things. Mm-hmm. Once that plan is clear, mm-hmm. then go to the investors and talk to them. People also just want to raise so they can say, I raised. Mm-hmm. It's great, right? I raised. I raised from MVP. It's, it's for the entrepreneur's vanity, for the investor's vanity that they invested in. And the metrics are completely wrong, you know? Like you ask an investor, yeah, I invested in that golf company and, you know, this other billionaire invested and that other hundred million, you know, the owner of that investor. But who cares? Yeah. Right? Who cares? 
What is that company doing? Is that nobody talks about it? Nobody wants to talk about it. They get nervous. Yeah, but you know, neglect the question. And then I just feel like, okay, fine. I know why you did this. They get intimidated, you know. And 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 I think that to raise, you need to raise with the right people who will add value to you, who will help you get your goal faster. You need to raise for the right reasons. Is because your company doesn't have the money to get there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I think businesses that have cash flow need to plan better, so they might not need to raise. Why do you want to raise? You know, who likes to have 50% of businesses have 100 if it's a good business? Yeah. It should be the last resort, not the first one. Right now, it's the become first the first one. resort. The first Everybody resort. wants yeah. to raise money. I think to prove someone else or to prove themselves, I can raise money or I have a product or. It's, it's a new, it's I think uh, America, which America was, I think USA was in this kind of a zone five, six years, maybe 10 years back. Now we are kind of experiencing that here. It's a very, different, it's a very thing different thing, right? I mean, for example, I said to Starbucks, just that, that metric was boggled your mind. There's 200 Starbucks in the UAE. There's 15,000 in the US. So you can even see the scale difference, right? So the valuation should match that. Yeah. So same company that should be valued at 200 here should be valued at 15,000 there. I mean, just a comparable metric. True. Yeah, no, it's not. The valuations are of there, you know, and the market is of here. There has to be... Well, I mean, depends where the... How, uh, if the company is looking for funding here, then the, the, here, this value will apply. And if you're looking for there, is, are they the, the same? The values are of the U.S. Mm. They are yes. valuing themselves as a U.S. Yes. base, but they are actually based out of Dubai, so it, it doesn't apply, yes. right? But what is that one metric that... Uh, uh, a company should negotiate with an investor, for sure. So until now, we've been talking about investors looking to invest in businesses and how people should pitch to investors and all that. But now, for example, somebody is interested in investing in my company. So what is that one metric that I should negotiate with the investor, for sure, to protect myself or to safeguard myself or to, you know, that most companies fail to look into? And because you've got investment and funding in so many different things and you do that, you would know probably... Touch what mine has been such a great experience. I mean, everybody I raised from is actually friends and family. Yeah. And uh, they're so close, we hang out all the time. They pick up the phone and call me and say, what's going on? Yeah. They usually don't call me and say, well, they usually go to a, to a restaurant or a cafe or a gym. I say, how's this doing? I say, sir, doing good. And th- that's enough for them, you know? <laughs> selling, selling, okay, good. But, uh, but my, my investors have been a, a great bunch, really. They've been so supportive and I couldn't ask for anything more. But you know, now there is already a lot of uh, work done on these term sheets that are there, right? Yeah. Safe notes. They protect the entrepreneur as well as the investor to a certain extent, you know, where the investor does a safe note, for example, doesn't have a say in your daily operation of your business on a board level. Yeah. When it's, and it's a, but if your business goes down, you're supposed to pay them first. So it protects them in a way. Yeah. and also protects you in a way, right? So, so, so there are already a lot of these contracts that are quite standard out there that protect both sides and they continue to evolve. It's better to go with the lawyer? The standard, no, there's a standard contract, standard safe notes. You can go to Y Combinator's website, download the safe note from there and use it. It's quite standard. Yeah. Is there a particular course that you can take to learn all these investing and all that, all those things? Because it's, it's a little foreign to me. I myself looking in, not for investing in uh, our business, but investing in other businesses. And um, trying to read many books and stuff to learn how, how to I don't know if I should say the play the game. Or, I, think, uh, I, think, I think doing fine. it is the best way. Yeah. Just start investing in the first one and then see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then take it from there. Exactly. Yeah. How does your mind work when it comes to analyzing, predicting, or charting revenue growth for a business that you want to invest in? 
It's quite clear, actually. I mean, for a business I want to invest in. So a business I don't think has ever hit what it projects at seed level. Like ever, you know, especially at that time, you know. So those numbers are really not to say, hey, but in your presentation you said 5 million, but you were at 4, so why is it? It's not for that purpose. You're a bad investor. Uh, it's just to show you how big the business can potentially be. Mm. Right? In five years? In whatever years. years you plan for, three years, one year. I mean, at seed stage, even if you can show me two years, it's fine. You know? But that number is not that every month you should say, oh, I told you one, now I'm at 1.5. It's not for that. It's just to show you what the growth can potentially be like, right? So so I can come to you and say protein make sure because I know that better and I can give you an example. I can say, okay, I have uh, one spinnies, you know, and that one spinnies does 2,000 and there's a hundred, there's a 10 spinnies, let's say. So if I can get all the 10 spinnies, I can do 20,000. But to get to those 10 spinnies, I need 1,000 dirhams, mm. right? So I think I can get to the spinnies in three months. That could be four, that could be two. But it's clear that the investor will see the potential that, okay, wow, if one spinnies can do 2,000, every spinnies can do 2,000, that means that there is, there is a sense. potential to do 20. The calculation makes sense. It does make sense, right? Yeah. Um, and I do revenue projections for my own business. Um, and they're based on the experience of the, of the market and the other countries that I operate and I have an idea, right? Um, and they get more and more accurate as you grow and you have more and more information. But at a very early stage of a business, it's very, very hard to predict or project that. It's just... So, 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 you know, for example, you're in a digital business, you can say, okay, I can manage a social media for 5,000 dirhams. I'm just throwing a number. Yeah. And I have 10 clients right now, that's 50,000. If I can get three salespeople, I can get 200 clients. I can get 500,000. For those three salespeople, I have to pay 20,000 dirhams a month. 60,000 dirhams a month is a three salespeople. I need 600,000 dirhams for the year. Give me that money, I'll get you 500,000. Yeah. Okay, this, this makes sense. So know your numbers. Play with the numbers. Yeah, you yeah. have to. You have to. And based on the past, it's good to show the investors what you can potentially do. And a lot of businesses really, really change completely. Like we were, when we raised funding, we were a bakery yeah. with 32 products. Now we are FMCG with six SKUs, six flavors of one product. Yeah. So... I mean, the investors, they didn't come back to me and say, oh, but no, but I invest in a company with 32 products, but now why is it six? I still want 32, you know? It's not that. It's they, they know that these guys are so good that they will keep changing when they see a problem in their business. They will change the business model. So you will say, people are not paying 5,000. Okay, no problem. Get 200 clients for 2,500 each. As long as we match the numbers. As long as you... <laughs> or excel, exceed the numbers or it's going in the right way. It's going in the, whatever. Th that's your answer. As, as long as it's going in the right way, yeah. you're fine. Right? And investors don't chase you for that. They actually expect you to completely change your business model because you are also learning because it's innovation. It's something very new. Usually that's not been done before. They know you will learn. Yeah. You know? So, 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 so it's, it's all about that. It's also about the right investors. You know, if you have like couple of individuals never done investing before, you, it's, it's a nightmare to work with, really. It's a nightmare because they won't get it. But if you have a couple of people done starters with understand, they, not only will they accept and understand, they'll also add value and tell you what you're doing wrong yeah. and what you should be looking at. What one kind of investment you should, investor you should never work with? <laughs> 
what one question that investor would ask and you should know that that's it this is not the investor i want to work with or have him invest in my company because now seems like that's the next important question because if i have investors invested in it they sit and ting 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 like you know kind of keep questioning and nagging we are not reaching the numbers or we are changing the stuff then that's that's a bad business that's a bad hand that's a bad partnership I think you have to spend a lot of time with them to see if you would hang out with them on a weekend and if you say i know there's somebody i can hang out with then take the money you hang out with investors all of them <laughs> all of them i have had fun with them i have gone to clubs with them i have gone to parties with them you know i have uh, chilled with them i've called them when i'm low and said i'm coming man i'm really i'm not okay they say yeah come come i'm ordering pizza come on and and i'll show up they're my friends one of them is my business partner hubert is an enabling future he's my investor one of my closest friends gorov is my investor one of my friends yusuf you know we met yusuf i went to i went to Uh, California before I was fundraising for protein shop I stayed at his house so I come stay at my house I stayed at his house and so you know we hung out a lot and we became very close we became great friends I knew I could go to this guy for advice so I I mean it's it's the money yes but it's the guy that I want mm. and a lot of people told me sir we want to invest you especially now the protein shop has been seen mm. people say like oh what have you invested in People say protein bake shops oh really I want to talk to you so it's become a vanity investment right yeah. and that's when a lot of people want to get in because they want to say i'm an investor in this company um it's becoming like i'm an investor in uber and i'm, I'm like, yeah i'm an investor in uber yeah you're becoming a brand it is becoming a brand exactly yeah but uh but i i said no to a lot of people said so no a lot of people never said no to me at that time uh no no but even then i said no to people when i needed the money i said no to people so no man yeah because it wasn't a fit i knew these guys would be a bigger pain to deal with you know what i'm saying and i didn't want pain there's enough pain i have in the startup there's enough pain i have of growth and operations and hire i don't want one more guy sitting on my hands and give me investor reports i don't have time for investor reports you know i don't have time for investor reports really uh i call them i said with them i tell them and that's it it spends weeks to make an investor report and if you're going to do that then maybe we'll run the business so so that's my that's my answer and and people appreciate that they see it they call me says what's going on my revenue was this last month now is this and we were in six countries last month now we're in eight mm-hmm. see you and they say okay that's enough for me to know but, you know it's you know it's going the right direction um so so i think that's uh, that's very important i w- i would take money of my friends what other investments would you like to do apart from investing in businesses what are your other favorite types of investment real estate or no, stocks no businesses. Or only businesses, businesses. businesses yeah. this is a different game altogether isn't it So I I have invested now in uh, another company, uh, not invested, become part of it. Uh, I invested time and vision into Scott Milange, mm-hmm. and do unhealthy snacks. <laughs> so opposite of protein. Of, it has to be because uh, I realized that in the whole week, right, you have five days yeah. where you're eating healthy, and in two days you're cheating, <laughs> right? So I'm losing the customer on two days. Really? Why should I? I think I'm we... greedy. I want the whole week. I want to be in your life every day. If you cheat, it's me, and if you eat healthy, it's me. That's it. That's, that's a different way. That's a different kind. Yeah, that's a different kind of. And so, so, so I, I got into it very early. The girl's name is Nadia. She was doing cakes, and I said, Nadia, let's do this together. She was very kind. She said, Yeah, let's do it. I would love to work with you. We work together. We fight a lot, <laughs> and uh, like Rashi and I, we fight a lot. And and but it's all for the right. reasons it's like okay i want to go from dubai to abu dhabi she said no let's go from jumeirah i said no man too many traffic lights speed i want to go from sheikh zayed and then there's a fight but this is 
we both know the fight is for the right. That we all want to go to Abu Dhabi. We all want to go to Abu Dhabi. Which route should we take? That's yeah. Oh, so it's a positive that, fight. So yeah. you know she's fighting. I understand. Because yeah, she thinks that'll context. get us there faster, and I'm fighting because I think that'll get me there faster or better. And then she said, no, get this to the speed limit. I said, listen, pay the 500, we should get there faster. Forget it. I'm speeding. So now that is a conversation that's actually fighting, but it's for the right reasons. Yeah. Right? And, and, and that understanding, that respect has to be there. So how did Protein Bake Shop happen? We want to hear the story. <sighs> Protein Bake Shop, actually, Rashi started it. Yeah. Uh, she started in her kitchen with her houseboy. She used to make these truffles and cookies and everything, and all her clients, mostly Indians, Pakistanis. I was one of them. Yeah, I was one of them. Said, listen, I can eat all of this, you know, egg whites and whatever, and no rice and no bread, but I need sweet. And so she started giving me these truffles and said, eat this. It was very expensive back then, but if you can afford nutritionists, you can afford truffles. Yeah, 35 bucks, I remember. 55 bucks. 55, yeah. okay. 55, yeah. yeah. And I said, man, this needs to be a business. There has to be proper outlets. You need to do this municipality approvals and get the business registered. And she said, listen, man, this is not my job. Like, I'm a product person. I can make you the best product in the world, but it's all business and hiring and office space. I don't understand all of this. So I tried to advise her for one year, and she would just be like, okay, okay, nothing would happen. Because <laughs> she was so busy in her own yeah. job. You know, she's nice. She's, like, booked, like, for four, four months and nine to six and no time. Yeah. So one day I got really, really upset with her. And one of my friends, Amir, was there, and he said, you should help her. I said, you know what? That's it. Your business part of it is mine, you know? I'm going to run it. Thank you very much. I'm going to go ahead. I'm making all the decisions. Bye. <laughs> and, and she's like, okay. And that was it. There was no contract. There was no signing. There was just trust between two friends. And that was the day I became a part of it. And then one year after that, I raised money. Mm -hmm. uh, we ran we as a hobby on the side. I had my full-time job in Enabling Futures. I had a full-time job at her clinic. And as a side, I was just doing this like cookies business and chocolates. And, and then Aziz, who's my lead investor, he got this product and he sort of met me and he said, Saad, please, he was the MD of General Mills. General Mills, they have, I think, half the grocery. They have uh, Haagen-Dazs, they have Nature Valley, they have Cheerios, they have a couple of like okay. products, you know. Um, and he said, you should run this full time. And I said, man, but this is like chocolates business and I'm a venture capitalist, it's not sexy enough. You know, like, come on. You know, people want to be my friends, I'm ventures, I'm VC. He said, no, listen, this really has legs, you should really run it, it's a great business. And I would tell him, what's the plan? I made a plan for him, yeah. you know, and uh, he, was the, he was the one who actually encouraged me to do it, you know. I was thinking about it, I was on the cast, I said, should I do it, should I do it full time, it's a hobby, but I don't know, but I, I met him and he really encouraged me. And he wrote the first check of $100,000. And I was like, okay, well, Stuff now, shit is real. Yeah. And then I, then I called a couple of my friends. Rashi called a couple of her friends. He said, look, we're doing a funding round. Do you want to be a part of it? Yeah. And they all said, dude, if you both run it, we're, we are in. And, and so that was it. And uh, stuff got real, I guess. And, and that's, that's almost like in January, it'll be two years. Just two years. It's not... No, less than two years now, yeah. It feels like forever you've been running Protein Bake Shop. Since I know you, it's been Protein Bake Shop. Yeah. So yeah, it feels like I know you for five, six years now. Yeah, it's, it's been literally one year, nine months, one year, ten months. I've been, my first salary was Jan 2018. It was just 15,000 dirhams when I started, my monthly salary. Uh, and investors were happy about it. I wasn't very happy about it, but that was my commitment to the business. Yeah. That, you know, till we don't reach break even in our first milestone, I will not increase it, mm. you know. And 
Investors like that, you know. They said, wow, this guy was earning probably like north of like four or five times what he's earning now. And now this guy is taking just 15K to run this company. This guy really believes in it. He's going to take a cut on his lifestyle. I moved back with my parents. And That's uh, how much you believed in this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's all my, that was the dedication I showed my investors. I said, look, this is my salary, man. Okay. But what about your other business? They were still running, right? So those businesses I've seen, there's just investments. They just send you investor updates, you ask them questions. And they're they don't send good. you money? Hmm? They do send you funds, right? For what? Dividends, whatever, when the company is making money, doesn't come, nothing PCs comes? don't send dividends. Startups don't send Startups make money only when they sell. Ah, okay. Yeah, they don't make money in dividends. They put it back, they put it back. It's all about it's fast all growth, fast, okay. growth, fast growth, fast growth. That's what it is. So, so it's like, like us, man. we're seven countries in two years, we want to be in another seven in the next few months. So we already have that list ready. Uh, and uh, so for example, Saudi want to be in, Indonesia, we want to be in these countries. We will be, there's no question. I think globally, basically. Yeah, 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 we want to be. So it's all about, we take the money and put it back in yeah. and increase value for all our investors. They don't want to take 5,000 dirhams a month. You know, they're like, listen, Take it to a couple of hundred million. Let's sell it. Let's all have a nice party. I said, okay. So that's the that's really the investor vision. So, so you have to hold back and just get updates and see what's going on. But you can't really have a hands-on impact into those particular businesses. Mm-hmm. You just have to sit back and sort of watch the ride and trust the guy running. And that's why I said people are important. You got to trust the guy running it. Yeah. Uh, so so those are running. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, so you move back to your parents and you show the investors this trust that I can do this. And, and one year later I did. So seven or eight months later we were cash flow positive. Yeah. And that's a big deal for a startup. But that cash flow positive while growing the way we were. So it wasn't that I'm cash flow positive but I stopped my growth to be cash It wasn't that. That was not the case. We were still growing. We are still growing. We are still growing. But cash flow positive and still growing. Right? And so there was, investors weren't saying, like you said, you're going to grow this much, but you don't and you're making cash. Mm-hmm. What would I do with the cash? I still have a salary today. Yeah. I can't take it home. I don't want to take it home. None of us want to take it home. So the, 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 the deal was, what are you doing with this cash? And so putting it back into marketing. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see us on checkouts. That's why you see us on gondolas. That's why you see us doing this, this event and that. Because we're taking the cash, we're putting it back in. I have a salary. Yeah. You know, I'm not here to pull money from the business. You know, um, They know my new salary. <laughs> and uh, they all are fine with it. Yeah. Because it's also important to keep the CEO happy because if he's making 15K, he's probably looking for side businesses to do and waste time and to make some income here and there. They want him to make enough so he doesn't have to think about doing yeah. side stuff. True. You know, For me, it's a hobby businesses, so I always ask my investors, I'm going to do this small business and I'm going to have fun with it and say, ah, that's your hobby, just do it. You know, some people like driving cars, I like doing business. Yeah. It's, so, a good, it's a good hobby. It's a good hobby. I enjoy it. Inter- intellectual hobby, smart hobby, make some money hobby. It's Makes the best hobby you should have. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> so when it comes to marketing, what did you try and what worked and what didn't work for Protein Bake Shop or for other ventures, whatever you would like to share? Because this is the podcast is successful marketing for small businesses. So I would love to know oh, your marketing man. strategies. So we tried a million things. Some worked, some didn't work. It's very hard to say when you look back what really worked. Because the mix of everything worked. Some of everything just worked, right? So definitely, for example, the product was great marketing itself. When people tried it, the taste was like, wow, yeah. right? So before people tried the packaging was, I think, a really good hit for us. It was yeah. the colors, the style. The simplicity. The simplicity. Just the ingredients is enough to decide, yes, I want to eat this now. So that, the ingredients, the box, the product, the social media. Yeah. I think the pricing helped us, right? When it's it a, came down to 15, 18 now, I don't think, I just have to pick it up. 
the pricing 35 really. would make me 55 would make me think chalo let's have one box now i have to two three boxes yeah and if you buy online in case of 10 it's 15 yeah. you know so that helped us the cases that we started selling the pricing strategy pricing really helped us i think starbucks really helped us social media google facebook instagram so we were doing multiple things at the same time and it's very hard for me to now look back and say oh you know this helped us it's all combination in advertising 80% you don't know from what is working 20% from where we don't know we have to invest the other 80% to make but it but we gave everything equal importance and we gave everything equal time and we really like are you still doing that absolutely but still now we know what's everything. working right now we can measure what's working what's working digital digital is really working digital really works you know it's amazing uh, i still have to prove to people and give them money back guarantees and still they don't take action i wonder when would you take action like what would it take for a business to know digital is the way i don't know no i think no, that's i think it's quite easy right i think like i mean i don't mean to advise you in any way you know better than me but what i works for me i'll share with you is that when you put 10000 dirhams on facebook and you can show me the cost of customer acquisition mm-hmm. and the ltv mm-hmm. i'm sold that's that's all i need to know the ltv depends on you right the lifetime value of the customer no. is on uh, how how good the product is yeah and how much more can the customer consume yes whereas your accessible but how are you also doing retargeting yeah like remarketing and retargeting of course but yeah but this is the metrics right so if you think the business is really bad then don't work with them cuz man i can't sell this You know why would you engage with them just to take their business? Because then you're not happy and they're not happy and then everybody they hate you and they say these guys don't work. Exactly. Don't take it, yeah. right? So so the thing is, like if you can say Saad, you spend hundred dirhams on Facebook, I got you ten customers for that hundred dirhams. That means just ten dirhams is your cost of acquiring a customer, yeah. and each customer spends a hundred dirhams on your website. Yeah. I'll say okay, here's a hundred more. Because it just it's makes, a brainless decision. Yes, but it's but, about how you sell yeah. that. to the front customer people don't know what cac is people don't know what ltv is right it's a lot of education groceries didn't know what gluten free was when i was selling it education yeah now, now everybody knows only gluten free yeah. they want gluten free menus gluten free like if it's not gluten free it's like it's like a basic need if it's not gluten free yeah. they don't want it yeah it's crazy more of a fad like everybody wants to just follow the based on education right yeah so i think if you focus on that it's a, it's, it's important digital is great i think and I like i think our displays inside groceries they were fantastic i think the gyms displays that we got were fantastic you can't miss us you go to the gym every day every day you go to the gym every day you go to coffee shop every day you go to grocery we're there wherever i go it's there in front of me so if i have an option to choose a bad one or a good one i choose the good one right but it's but it's by design because i i said who is my who is my target customer and where does this guy go every day every day so he wakes up Okay. He dry, gets out of his house. He goes to the office. He probably grabs a coffee in the morning. I want to be in Starbucks. I want to be in Pret to go. I want to be in blah. Okay. Then this guy goes to the office. Yeah. I want to be in the office pantry. Then this guy goes back down, probably to a cafe or a quick bite or a grocery. Yeah. I want to be there. And then goes to the, goes back to the office. Mm-hmm. Then goes to the gym. I want to be there. Then fills gas in his car. I want to be there. <laughs> and then goes home and sleeps. But I want to be throughout this. Where is this person going? Yeah. That's called studying your customer avatar. Like, actually, this is how, guys, this customer avatar study is done. Yeah, you I was following. 
wherever he's going and she's going and you touch the multiple touch points yeah. and 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 you need people in your company who are that person so for example if you are targeting i'd say a banker right get a banker to sell because the banker knows where he should sell you are getting somebody who's an intern to come sell for you to a banker he they have no clue they have no clue where the yeah. Goldman Sachs guys having coffee. I'll tell you where they're having coffee. He's having coffee at Batil. Because I did that. I know. You know? Yeah. He's picking up bites at Chowetram DIFC. I know. Pay for the standard Chowetram DIFC. That Goldman Sachs banker is my guy. I need, to, I need to hit him. Go into his pantry. That's how much detailed study you need to do on your customer avatar yeah, yeah, and target audience. I was talking. I was, uh, I was talking then. But you need the right people to help you with that. You know, it's just very easy to say right now. I can say that I did this, I did this, but it's very, it's very. You need the right people to help you with this. You know, um, and I also realize that for your team, people work with people. Yeah. I mean, at the end, there's like a hundred companies that make food products and they make cool food products. People don't say, oh, you know, I joined this company because I love that protein truffle. They just say, you know, I love the team and I love to work with these people. After a while, the product also disappears from your mind because you're working now. Yeah. It's Excel. It's PowerPoint. It's driving. It's meeting. The product is gone. Like it's, you're selling it, but it's like not something that you see every day and you admire. And it's just your work. So it's like I love working with Rashi. I love working with Saad. I want to work with these. I learn. You know, I want to be with them. And and I think that's what people also fail to understand because you know there's a one of the guys on my team makes more money than me. Right? Because he deserves it. What, what is that position, more than the CEO? Sales director. Yeah. And I'm saying it now on camera, and he will hear it, and he will know. He made more money than me. And I was happier than him to, when, he, when he made more money. I said, dude, you deserve it, man. Like, I'm so happy for you. You deserve it. And I hope you beat me again. Because people tend to take care of themselves, yeah. and not the people around them. And I don't understand how that works, you know. Set the basis, and if you as an owner are coming from a Honda into a Ferrari, let the guy under you also come into a Mercedes. We have this habit that I want the plane, but this guy should stay in a Honda. Nobody want to work for you. Everybody wants to grow themselves as well. Yeah. So there should be knowledge exposure, but there should also be financial gain. Absolutely. Right? And our guys, the top guys, they have stock options. They are owners of this company. I want, that's one of my questions, actually. How did you introduce ESOP, uh, employee stake options, for your company? And I remember talking about this with employee you. Employee stock options is a very common practice of uh, VC, right, of startups. I mean, how do you attract the best people? So if I am Protein Big Shop and I want to hire somebody from Google, this guy Google is making 50K a month, it definitely cannot pay 50K a month, yeah. right? So what do I do? So I say, I will give you a salary of 20K, but I will give you ownership in the company, right? And if the person believes in himself, what he will turn around and say to you, that, you know, I won't take 20, I'll take 10, but increase my ownership. If he really believes in you and the company. Mm. If he doesn't, he says, no, but I don't want this, mm. then he's not the right guy. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, you know the guy clearly doesn't understand. The guy clearly doesn't want it. Um, I sometimes negotiate salaries with people in my company. I say, okay, you know, I want to promote you. I'm going to give you a higher salary. You know what they say? I don't want it. What do you want? More ESOP. Mm -hmm. I was like, 
No, I have to go to the board, ask for this ESOP. What's wrong with you guys? Why can't I, why, where's the days going? Now is the time you want to give people money. Yeah, they don't want to take it. They don't want to take it. They say, no, I, I want ESOP. It's like, come on, man. What are you going to get? No, I want ESOP. I don't care about the salary. I'm happy. I'm making X amount. I'm happy. I believe in the longer term vision of this company and I know where this company is going. And I want to be, I don't want to make it now. I don't want to make 50,000 now. I want to make 5 million in two years. That's better. But when the guy says that to you, is he proud? So proud. You're like, man, you know, this is exactly what I expected from you. And I'm so happy you asked it. Unfortunately, I cannot make this decision today. I need to talk to the board. I need to talk to the investors. Give me time. Now this will take time. Yeah. Right? And so, so I think uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's how it should be and how it is. And those are the right guys that, that you should have on your team. That you should then. have. But that does happen at day one. You know what I'm saying? It only happens when your passion is seen in the way the business is growing. Yeah. Because that's a foolproof um, they call result. You can see in front of your eyes to kind of take action. And how did Starbucks happen? How did, it, how did you make that happen? Because that's a very big deal. It was a big deal for PBS. It was my dream. Yeah, I know. Really, like, I think for any snacking startup or healthy startup or food startup as such, Starbucks is like yeah. the holy grail, right? It's like you made it, you know. Uh, we really worked hard for it. You know, those guys were really kind. They were so nice. They really gave us a chance. We were so small. We were nothing, yeah. literally nothing. And they gave us time of the day. They sat us down. They discussed with us. They helped us, they guided us. A small box is actually because of Starbucks. They said that, you know, we'd like to have a small box. I know our customers are grab and go. This big box is too big. This small box, put it in the purse. purse. They'll have two, they'll finish, they'll throw it. Four box, you can't eat all four. You want to have two, you want to keep the two. This is not, ours are grab and go, quick consumption. We want to have a two ball box and we create a small box just for them to be honest. See, they guided us. Mm -hmm. They taught me, you know. And man, what a fantastic experience it's been. Like these guys really. How do you get in? And a lot of persistence, you know, you have to call, you have to try, you have to go meet them. It's, it doesn't, it's not, I didn't, I didn't have any connections. I didn't call like somebody who called somebody and then you did You kept it. knocking the doors. Yeah, I mean, you have to for everybody. I mean, not only for Starbucks, right? But they were, they were fantastically good. They were like, they responsive, answered me, guided me, helped me. Like, I can't even tell you. Like, I thought they would be like, I want this. No, they were very kind. They were very kind. And, and I couldn't have, and, and you know, usually the people are, they want to help. You know, uh, and this, I, I don't know what they saw in me. I don't know what they saw in Protein Bake Show. And, and, but they really gave us a chance. And, and once we started Starbucks, we, we honestly went from, what do you do again? Protein Bake Show. What is that? Oh, we make chocolate truffles and we make this. We went to being, what do you do again? Protein Bake Show. No way. <laughs> really? That's yours? Yeah. That was Starbucks. That was all Starbucks. And that glory was just because we're in 200 locations overnight. Yeah. You can't miss us, you know, and, 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 and it was, it's was, it was been great. I remember I, you mentioning in a pre-meeting of the podcast, remember I'd come down to your office where you shared that um, protein bake, uh, sorry, Starbucks was your dream. And when that happened, you celebrated for one night. It's yeah, done. It's You're done. Like, yeah. like, I, man, this dream is done. So what should I dream next? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was also about fulfilling that dream, right? Like you dream Starbucks, like, oh, Starbucks happened, very good. You have to fulfill it. You need logistics, you need production, you need to be sure you're... You're there, you're properly there, you're stalked, you're never, you know, it's, it's work, it's hard work. You celebrate, you get happy, but then you get back to, to working, you know. Um, and in the bigger dream, now uh, U.S. Starbucks. U.S. Starbucks, then. <laughs> <laughs>
US Starbucks would be fantastic. How do you come up with these vision? Like, how, how does how do you dream big? I don't. I, I think coming from an how entrepreneur family, it's like if you want to travel first class, they say you dream of buying the plane. Mm-hmm. If you dream of buying the plane, you'll come to first class. You know, if you dream of being business class, you'll come to economy plus. Mm-hmm. Right. So we just go full, like. People say, I want a product in the grocery. We say, we want to be the grocery. We want to be the whole healthy section in the grocery. There should be nobody except us. And if we have that dream, we'll probably come to half. Do you get what I'm saying? But if I have a dream, I just want to be a ball, I'm just going to stay a ball. You've got to go, you've got to dream of buying that plane. You know, and, and like this analogy. That's yeah. how you dream. That's how you dream. And you reach somewhere. Like you dream of the stars, and you at least land on the moon somewhere. Yeah, that's it. That's the answer. People laugh. People, people laugh. People. When I told people Starbucks, they're like, Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? This guy, Starbucks, like four outlets, he's gonna go into Starbucks. What a joke, this guy. And uh, yeah, man. And it still doesn't still seems like a dream. It's still like not real. You know, like I still feel like wow. I, I see it sometimes like, I can't believe this is mine. You know, I can't believe we did this. The bakery company has reached here. The bakery has reached here. Yeah. So I guess now Protein Bake Shop is going uh, global soon. It's already global. I'd say. Seven countries. I don't think it's global. Singapore, Pakistan, India, Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, UAE. Yeah. On the way to becoming, coming all over the world. You'll see wherever I go, I'll see Protein Bake Shop. And I look forward to that day. Touch wood. <laughs> Touch wood. What are your strengths, you would say? Oh, man. I have a lot of weaknesses. Let's talk about strengths, that. Strengths are tough. What is your weakness? I, <laughs> I, think, I'm a, I think I'm a bit difficult. I'm, I think I'm very demanding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, demanding in what sense? Like, usually girls are demanding. When I want something, I want something. When I want it, I want it. I don't want to hear no, maybe, but it's difficult. I just want it. I, just, I don't know. Can you do it for me? And if you can't do it for me, somebody else will do it for me. Can you do it for me? It's very clear. Yeah, you, you, you have to do it. But I don't want to hear but. You know, like that, that's the way I am. I just, um, I think I'm, I'm just like that. And I'm, I think I'm also very direct and cutthroat. In a normal working day, like I just say things as they are, and a lot of people appreciate that now around me because they know okay, whatever he is in his heart, he'll just say it. He just say, "Man, this is bad and this is good." He won't sit us down and you know be diplo. He does. He just say whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So some people who are very confident about their work love it, you know, and some people who are like not, they just think they feel like he undervalues me, you know. He doesn't understand me. He doesn't yeah. see it. He doesn't see the hard work. You know, it, 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 they feel like that. Like he's so rude. He's so arrogant. He's so this. He's so that. But to be honest, in the time of the day, I don't have the time to sit down and talk four hours about one problem and take you through your emotional journey. Those days are gone. You know. Now I just say this is wrong. I want it done. Yeah, but that's plan. I don't want to plan. I want this. Can you give me? You go how you want to go and how I don't care. You gotta get this for me, and don't call and ask me. I don't have time. You know what I'm saying? This is a strength. No, being transparent, being just who you are inside out. That's a strength. Uh, you could you you could see it like that, but it's 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 very. It's I think it's it gets difficult for people. You know, yeah. Some people love it, but some people really see it as like shit. Like I don't know how I can work here. You know. Uh, so yeah, I think that's also a good thing. 
more and more people are becoming like me in the company, very cut straight forward. This is it, and then we'll do it. And it's like we'll do it. Yeah. They, they've they've learned how to not say this is not possible. Yeah, and that's you know? the kind of spirit you need for a growing yeah, company yeah. like PBS. Yeah, I told my guys. I told. I said I want Emirates. But I said what? But I want Emirates. I want to be on Emirates. You get me Emirates. So okay, now they're trying. <laughs> right? They they they're not they're not ready to. But you have somebody there that I can call. And I don't want to share this. You know. Figure it out. Figure it out. I want Emirates. Period. Full stop. There's no other thing under that for them. So now they're trying and seeing how we can do this and how we can. You know. So it's, it's fantastic. Uh, but I think that also is a bit intimidating right, at the same time. That he doesn't want to hear no. Yeah. Who's scary guy? also? Scary, I would right? be scared. Yeah, scared. <laughs> but some people, and like most people actually, not some, most people in the company, are also so good that they're like, <laughs> no, Emirates. I get you this and I get you this and I get you that airline. Come wait, I'll show you. And you're like, okay. That's you know also belief in the product. When you believe in your service or in your product so deeply, no matter what, you can reach anywhere. Then you can reach the sky. Man, I have to say our service is fantastic. If you call Protein Bakeshop and say, I had a bad experience, yeah. they'll not even ask you what. They'll say, yes. we're sending you new boxes. We're sending you this. Is there anything else you can do for you? Tell us what you need. We'll do it for you. That's how this. It should be like that, actually. Gyms call us. We're having an event. We say, how many boxes do you need? We need this. Do you want sponsorship? Yes. Can we get you bottles? Yes. Can we do? Can we get you some influencers? So, like, it's literally like we are. Yeah. We don't know how to say no. You know, we we are just like we're with you. We're with you. We're part of you. We're not a vendor. Yeah. We don't want to be a vendor. Bring us a part of you. Call us. What can we do? And and we we do it. We do it well. And that is the future. Customer experience is the future. I know which conference did I go to recently. The way, the more you take care of your customer, the more they'll want to work with you and do business with you. What are you missing out in life by working so hard on PBS oh, man, and everything that's else? That's a good question. I, I just wish I had a bit more time to get bored. I don't remember the last time I got bored. Which is kind of funny, right? <laughs> and that's so important, actually, for it's entrepreneurs so and business. Like, I go for long walks nowadays just to think, to be bored. Like, bored is the wrong word, to get inspiration and to think and creatively yeah. open this, this box. <laughs> yeah, you miss out a lot of family time. You miss out a lot of you time. Your friends are, like, busy traveling. Oh, we'll go for one week here or two weeks yeah. there, you know? And you're like, you can take one week off. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah. take. I can see you for one hour, and then have to be back at work. No, it's uh, it's. Hard you, working days. Yeah, you you do miss out on your time and you know spending time on yourself by yourself. You know, I just make sure I make time for gym every day, one hour for sure. But you know, other things you what really. What about hobbies? Nothing. I love business, man. That's the hobby, of oh, course. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I remember. Like you small telling. businesses, just you know, working with them, growing them. Helping them, building them, seeing them from an idea to something—it's uh, it's fantastic, and and I honestly love it. It's like you're Warren Buffett for all these small businesses. No man, that guy <laughs> is a legend. I'm just I'm just having Inspiring. fun. Inspiring. Yeah. What's your morning routine like? You know, this has it's becoming more and more common question across. I listen to a lot of podcasts, by the way. And everybody is asking everyone for their morning routines. Why I wonder sometimes because not that your morning routine is going to suit mine, but it's just. To be inspired, what what these big accomplishers or people who do these big things do in the morning exactly? I'm not a morning person. 
Or you wake up. I usually wake up. I'm like, oh shit, I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> Just like run here, there. But You're a night you... owl, so you work at night. You think that you should be having a night routine then? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I usually on just reading a lot, you know, but not something specific. I just go down this like the rabbit hole of reading. You know, you just right click, open new tab, right click, open new tab, kind of. You know, what are you reading? Random stuff. Like I'm not focused on like I need to read about this. Sometimes about design, like you know. But I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm reading like what's the next trend, you know. I watch a lot of Netflix sometimes at night. Mm. Yeah, that, that's cool. You just order some food, watch some Netflix. You feel really good, you know. And that's, I enjoy that time. Poor brain gets a little time to shut down and yeah. just enjoy some movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why people think that like, if you're successful, you're definitely reading newspaper in the morning, you're having a cup of tea, you're waking up at five. No, man. Like, I don't think so. That suits them, that's fine. That's their routine. No, I just, I always wake up and I'm like, oh shit, I'm late again. Like, that's every single morning, you know? And uh, I try to watch some Netflix at night. Like, I love Netflix. So I try to watch it. I think that's where I get my inspiration. Mm. That's, where, that's where the brain, poor brain gets. Oh, so Netflix is inspiration. Yeah. It's Movies. Cool. What's going on? Look at this house, great cinemas, you know, storylines, colors. I don't know, it's just... The founder of Netflix, Mark someone, yeah. I don't know, uh, recently came on Jay Shetty's podcast on purpose. Yeah. It's a fun one where he shares on how Netflix came about and they went to Blockbuster and Blockbuster said no. Yeah. It'd be a fun one if you want to hear it because yeah. you find you're fond of... Uh... Do you get decision fatigue? <laughs> you have so many decisions to make every day. So do you get a fatigue like, shit, I can't decide now because you have mm. so much inaction all the time. I enable people to make decisions. I just say, don't ask me. Do it. Do it. Don't ask me, man. Why are you asking me? Like, you think I care? I don't care. You should care. It's your thing. If I had to make the decision, I wouldn't have you. So and what decision do you make then? I make a lot of the broader, bigger, higher level decision as to where is this company going? You know, where are we, which direction? Which Southeast next country Asia. are we getting into? Products, what are we doing there? What are we doing about manufacturing? Like very broad, you know? Mm. If you're going to come and ask me about, uh, by the way, that Starbucks is out of coconut truffles. I beg to, please. Oh, should we do this grocery there? I was like, no, don't ask me. Like, you know, make your decision. Um, so it's, it's mainly broader level product, you know? Yeah. Um, and manufacturing, a lot of company growth directions, you know, budgets, a lot of macro, macro stuff. Like I am mm. making... Micro is out. Micros have enabled everybody. Like people make decisions in my company, I don't even know. Yeah. Like they'll come and say, oh, by the way, I signed that contract with those guys. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, great. And you know, it's, you have to. Like you can't you be everywhere. You, you can't, can't micromanage. Yeah, and then yeah. if you have bad people and you're making decisions, then you don't need those people. You need yeah. good people, like people who can just be like, you know, I just did it for you, I'm done. You know, and, and, and I think that's the most important thing. So, no, I, I, I make very high-level decisions. Like, what categories are we going into, for example, right? What macro changes is this company doing? Uh, how are we allocating budgets where? And then if I assign a budget, like, for example, I say, okay, your, for the digital budget is 10,000 dirhams. Let's throw a number. Uh, I don't want to now get into... Where is this going? Where is you going? decide the best. Here's 10,000 dirhams. You get me 50,000 dirhams. You do whatever you have to. You want to put it in your pocket, you put it in your pocket. But get me that number. 
And then you decide, you know. Don't bother me with this. So it's literally like that's how I've learned to learn to do it. Probably that's the way to kind of for the the higher level to think bigger things and to be in smaller ones. But that's yeah. why. Yeah, but you have to have enough trust in your people. Your people, have, you know, to know that people have the capability of taking that decision and that's when it comes to like having a good team around you. It all comes back to people. It all comes back to people. What inspires you? That's such a broad question. Right now I'm so like into into work. I don't even know how to like answer this question. What inspires me? Maybe I should um Oh um, man, this is such a tough question. <laughs> Are there any people who inspire you that you look up to? Uh, other companies that you look up to that inspire you to reach those bigger dreams? Yeah, I mean, all these tech companies that are out there, I really read a lot about them. Some inspire me. Uh, some don't. You know, some I have my reservations. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's... I can say, that, you know, this thing really inspires me. You know, it's not coming to my mind right now. So I'm sure, then I guess there's nothing that really comes like, this thing really inspires me. Do you go for these tech shows in America no, and all these man. places? Nothing no, anymore? No, 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 no. I think... As you start, I think there's a lot more fluff in these shows than there is content. There's a lot of people there who are good to have there because their name holds weight. And yeah. I think a lot of stuff goes on behind the scene. A so lot of it. Everything is behind the scene. Everything is behind the scene, I think, you know. And people who need to meet and talk, meet and talk and get stuff yeah. done. Yeah, I go for conferences and I, everything is behind the scenes. Nothing on, on, the, on the front is... All, um, do you listen? I understand you don't have time, so you should not be listening to podcasts, I guess, because I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm like, let me ask that. What podcast does he listen to if you do? I used to listen to 20 Minute VC a lot. Uh-huh. It's 20 minutes about venture, just to keep it updated what's happening. And these days I've been listening to uh, Oprah Winfrey's uh, podcast with Eckhart Tolle. About Super Soul Sunday. N- yeah. About uh, Power of Now. And New Earth. And it's, it's super inspiring. It's about how you have everything inside of you and in the now as opposed to chasing something continuously and uh, that's been really inspiring for me and and I'm really enjoying and getting a newer perspective on things um, it's a very different direction right I mean there is no and I realized if you make a certain amount let's say 50,000 dirhams even if you make 5 million a month you will only spend 50,000 realistically yeah. you can't spend more than that you get a bigger two-bedroom, like, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. you go from a, Mercedes, from a Lexus to a Mercedes. Like, yeah. What's that going to cost you, you know? So it's, it's really about, like, where does this end? And whatever you're getting, you're really not using it. So maybe you should focus a bit on yourself. So I've taken a bit of that direction, sort of looking inside and seeing, you know, what's, if everything is inside of us, how can we take that side out? How can we work on ourselves? How can we become you know, more present, yeah. more emotionally available, love ourselves more, understand ourselves more, yeah. uh, and enjoy the moments that we have around us as opposed to when that happens. Or when, because there's no never end to Having that. Having your happiness to the future goal. Is One million is 10 million, 10 million, 100 million, 100 million, 100 million, 100 million, 10 billion, 10 billion. This company's worth trillions. That's never-ending journey when you go down that. So what's the point of that, you know? I think everything is now becoming more conscious business. I went to a, a boot, a, a, a entrepreneurs boot camp yeah. in America, by the way, 
and most of the talks were based on consciousness and uh, how businesses can be more conscious and very different thing it's about being environmentally conscious i think but this is about personal no, no, biz- people con like how can you do like more do more evolve business don't just do business to make money but when you're making money where are you actually what are you doing with that money to impact the environment or help people or help societies and yeah even that the way you run the business vain right no matter like people also do it for vanity i help five schools okay it's I'm something I'm being very different. I'm just saying that you know appreciating your current circumstances the moment around you. We're losing touch, you know. We're losing touch because we're chasing something external always. That car, that business, that exit, that revenue, that we're not focusing enough internal. I think that the the lens should turn internally, you know, and and I've been trying to do that a lot. It's very tough. It's very 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 tough because we live in a world that's all external. Are you trying something like meditation or something? Meditation doesn't work for me, but a lot of thinking, a lot of alone time, you know, a lot of being with yourself, and uh, brings you a very fresh perspective. Yeah, you, you realize you've never been with yourself, you know, because every time you're bored, you call your friend. What are you doing? I'm coming. Because mm-hmm. you don't, you, you can't. You don't want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, and that's scary, right? That you're scared of yourself. So so I think that's a journey that I've started to take and sort of focus a bit more on. Yeah. I sound like a 50-year-old, right? Not really. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just 30, I sound like a 50-year-old. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that you are coming to this conscious uh, evolution way earlier than reaching that midlife because you now now that you're thinking about these things you will live a better life when you reach 50 maybe you'll thinking of something bigger. Maybe. Better, doing better impactful things. I don't know. It's kind of living a more evolved life than Let's see. Living I, a fake life. I think it's Instagram is making people more and more spiritual and conscious. People are realizing, you know, this is not real. Yeah. Like this Instagram life and Facebook life and yeah. everybody's a celebrity and we're not. And people are realizing that, you know, this is not the way to happiness. Yeah. And a lot of people are coming back to discovering themselves and being happy with who they are and being happy with their flaws and being happy with their thoughts and you know, and I think there's a there is a movement I see now towards spirituality and self-discovery and I think it's very important for us. I think it's about time. And I think our generation has seen so much drastic change. Yeah. You know, we've seen from no mobiles to mobiles to internet, desktops to mobile desktops to Facebook, social media, you know, internet now artificial intelligence art- artificial now freaking uh, you know, Instagram celebrities now back to spirituality. Mm. We're seeing like this huge shift that's happening so fast, you know. Yeah, but I think this one is going to be good. The spirituality one. It's very it's very much needed. It's definitely people are disconnected, man. You see them and sad and, can, and depressed. You see their Instagram sometimes and you can see insecurity written all over this, yeah. you know? You can see that they need outside validation to feel like they're somebody. Their egos are painted all over this Instagram. Look at me, I'm so big. Bow down to me, I'm God, you know? Like it's you like dude, you're so insecure. Like what you want to like here, double click. That's what you want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's 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 written all over it, and I think people are realizing that, which is fantastic. I really think it's fantastic. I think more and more people should realize it. Yeah. yeah. We have three three favorite books that you would gift to others, or maybe one. It doesn't have to be three. It can be one or There's three. There's one by uh, Peter Thiel called Zero to One. Mm-hmm. I think every entrepreneur needs to read that book. It's very very good. Uh, it really helped me it really really helped me 
And I think another one recently that I read was also, it's called The Power of Now, and I think that is also very good. Eckhart told it's very, very good. Um, and they're both very different. One is just about pure business, one is just about pure yourself, and I think I would gift them together as a bundle. <laughs> you need to, to do both. You need to do both. You really need to do both. Yeah. You need to do this consciously. Yeah, you know? so, absolutely. So, yeah. What's one magazine which is always on your desk? None. My desk is like empty. I don't read magazines. Man. I don't read magazines. I don't read generally. Do you have mentors? I have a lot of friends, advisors, but I don't see there's like this one person my mentor. I have a lot of different advisors who I go to for many different things. Based on their know-how. Knowledge, know-how, trust factor, you know. If I need help on product, for example, I know how I will go to. If I need help in my personal life, I know who I'll talk to. I don't know if formalizing them as a mentor is the right word, but there are definitely a lot of good, helpful people around me who I really appreciate, who I really love. And they've always been there. And uh, But yeah, not that one person who I can say, that's my mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be like that. I, I, I don't have one. I don't have one. Which local networks are you part of in None. Dubai? None? No. That helped you grow or reach none? Okay. None. One advice you would like to give to startups and small business owners? Oh, Read man. these two books. <laughs> no, how did you say? Try building a sustainable business, you know, financially sustainable business. And uh, not depending on this fundraising to say that I will grow when I fundraise. Try building a real sustainable business. It'll help you because you won't have urgency. You know, and uh, it'll help you understand unit economics. It's something we've forgotten as an entrepreneurship generation startup is unit economics. That everything we sell needs to make money, every unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the generation of Uber and WhatsApp and Instagram and all of them made us forget what unit economics means. You know? You find companies like Snapdeal and Paytm and stuff in India struggling. You find Uber struggling, saying, oh, we unit economics don't make sense. That means every ride they do, they lose money. Yeah. <laughs> We've lost touch of those things. So focus on unit economics. It's, it's important. And um, I don't know. Uh, I have one last question. What do you consider your most worthwhile investment of time, money, and energy? Wow, man, this is so deep. <laughs> this is the last question I have from you. Time, energy, and, and money. money. Yeah. Most worthwhile investment. Yeah. So I think there is well, just one thing out of this which we can't buy more of probably is time. Mm-hmm. And so, and other people's time. So I think what I've started valuing a lot right now is family time. Just spending time with my family. I think that time is never coming back. That time is going away. I need to treasure and value that. And it just doesn't have to be like, oh, we go here or we do an activity. It's just being around them and discussing. And I wish I could do that more. Uh, because at the end, it's money and this and that. It just doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. I mean, if you have enough to survive, everything above that is ego. You know? I think it's the programming that we are done. Like the more we have is the more better it is. And the more comes in the bank account, the more things you want to do, more luxury way. I don't know. And then there's no end. And then just keep 
And especially in Dubai, I feel these weekends come so fast. They like do, you eh? blink your eye and it's Thursday, Friday. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh God. And I've come back already from my summer holiday and it's going to be one and a half, two months. Like I didn't even realize. And I felt every day of my holiday. I mean, for a cycling trip and mm. an entrepreneur's boot camp in America. And it was like, no, the whole day I was present doing these activities, meeting people, live, like sitting by myself by the lake and thinking. Like I felt each day and here, it goes. Yeah, it goes yeah. Yeah. So yeah, time is the most important it asset. Is. It's flying, man. It's flying. And we, and, and we need to stop and see like, okay, this is flying. Let's stop and look. What's, look. Where is it going? Yeah. Let's stop and spend that with things that matter. Because going from 2 million to 3 million, spending 4 years behind that, and you still have to spend, you know, 50,000 a month. What was the point? Right? You're not going to take it with you <laughs> at the end. You're not. And, but that time is going. And it's the only asset. And, and I think we need to spend that wisely. We spend that with our loved ones. We need to spend that with ourselves. And, and that is what we are going to take us take it with us, by the way. This yeah. experiences with our loved ones and ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That is going with us for sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so that's what I think is one thing that we should really do. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really Thank enjoyed you. this conversation. I hope you did fun. as well. No, absolutely. I did. That was, I I thank you so much for having me. No, Pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It went much. to a very different direction, I think, after a month. Yeah, it's good. And that's how I, <laughs> I, that's why if you noticed my questions were from the beginning and how I, that's exactly where I wanted it to end. And I wanted to know how, what you're doing spiritually as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I had a great time talking thank to you. you. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as well. Please give us a thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening to or watching this podcast or the show if you have any questions from Saad or myself feel free to use the comment boxes below and uh, looking forward to seeing you in the next next episode